0: Okay, guys, really happy to have you here with us. Um, We are here for another episode. Want to give you guys the heads up though. we are still in the the throes of quarantine. And that means that we are all remote. That means that even Ashlyn and I are in separate rooms of the house. Never can be too careful. Only kidding. Only kidding. Um, But uh, yeah, because we're going to be remote and we're going to be all in separate locations, we're not going to have the same quality uh audio that we normally like when we're in studio and have all the proper equipment but um hope that you can can bear with us and and roll with us so hope you guys are safe hope that you guys are healthy and um quarantining appropriately wherever you are so best of luck and for that with that we're going to start what is the missing link for men
1: we are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal trauma or addiction Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once-betrayed.
2: I'm Kobe, the once-addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal trauma and addiction for over a decade. I want to invite you guys over to our premium site where you get in-depth content and access to us. We answer questions there for you. And you get interaction with like-minded people. To find that
0: site, go ahead and click details and scroll to the bottom. You'll see the link to our Patreon site.
2: Hey, okay, before we answer that, um, we got a an awesome review last week. So, uh, it's a quick one, but it says, I cannot tell you enough how grateful I am for you all. This program has helped me so much to get through my toughest times. I have an unfaithful wife justifying her behavior using God's name, which is pretty unique and tough to work through. Your podcast has brought so much understanding to me as I navigate these difficult times. So, um, thank you for leaving a review and, um, whatever you're going through, however unique um, your situation is. We hope that we can be a source of light and hope, and and um, some knowledge there for you, for you to navigate through these hard times. So thank you for leaving that review.
1: All right, you guys. We have a special treat with us today. We're introducing a new topic we haven't brought up on our podcast before, but it's one that we're excited to have. So we've invited an expert in this, and it's um, Shane and James, and she. Um, for 15 years has been coaching more than thou- a thousand men and women, leaders, CEOs, authors, speakers, and those with big visions to find love, rekindle sparks, create a legacy, and become effective and impactful leaders and be personally inspired and fulfilled. She has a master's in psychology, a DISC certification, and more than a decade uh, facilitating workshops, uh, starting multiple businesses and helping hundreds of entrepreneurs start their own, with, uh, as well as mindfulness, meditation, and communication training she has a broad range of skills and supports in all different areas. So we're going to leave her information. She has her own podcast, her own website and coaching all in the show notes that you can find um, later. And she'll again, we'll mention those at the end as a reminder, because I know you're going to love what she has to talk about today. We hope so. so. Let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> <laughs> we will. <laughs> all right. Um, let's get started. I would love to hear just kind of where this started and what uh, has a woman interested in masculinity?
3: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I could go all the way back to my relationship with my parents. And I think for now, I'll just go back to the um, mid twenties when I was in grad school to become a therapist. And I started doing some, you know, programs, some coaching programs. And two of them, I was also in this intentional community where we, as I I called us young optimistic adults, we were attempting to be really honest and authentic and vulnerable with each other. We called it soul to soul. So it was like this idea that we would connect on a soul level and make a whole bunch of messes, but we wouldn't leave. And so, you know, we were working with attraction and vulnerability and um, when we were upset with each other and actually talking about those things. And two of the men who were in that group were so... Um, they were inspired and they felt stronger and they felt more able to connect and love and be loved. And so they started this program called the Authentic Man Program and invited those of us as women to be coaches and to give this real time, honest feedback. Um, and you know, the idea was that we would bring it with love and care. And it radically changed my life in a way that, you know, I, I really thought I was gonna work with women and I still do some, but I just had this, this wake up of like, oh my God, I'm starting to understand what it's like to, to be a man. I never claim that I fully understand, right? But like, you know, having seen so many men be vulnerable and open their hearts and cry and scream and fall apart. And I just, it, it just changed me. And I felt so drawn to support, um, to support men from then on. And that's what happened
0: so shana that's really interesting to hear you say that it really i think it speaks to the soul that's in you to see through all of the the exterior rubbish that can exist with men of all generations of all backgrounds um how did you how did you sort through all of the noise to really get down to the core issues. I mean, that's, that's, that had been challenging at first. How do you do that? Yeah. Still? I mean,
3: I, I say I did a lot of my own work and in my own coaching trainings, I mean, I made it a point to sit down with all of the men and say like, this is what I'm seeing and this is what I feel um, upset about, you know, about how you're acting. And this is what I don't understand. And, Um, you know, we got some, yeah, we, we just got to the root of where we were not connected or where we weren't understanding each other. And I really just started to see underneath, like you're saying those masks or those facades or that sense of, um, you know, distance or whatever can happen because of the culture that you guys as men have been taught. Like, this is, this is what's good. This is what's manly. This is masculine. So, you know, that, and then having thousands of men, open up in front of me and just being able un, unable after that really to deny that you know we're all human we're all vulnerable no matter what's going on on the surface you've all got this deep well of pain and longing and you know all of it
0: right i'm sure you can relate to that <laughs> yeah that's what you do all day
2: right it's like yeah. short through all of the walls well i mean what i i work with men who who are, are are posers in so many ways. Um, you know, that they, they've got their masks on, they, they manipulate and they lie. And, and from, from the outside, you can look at it and say, um, what's wrong with you. But when you look underneath, there's, there's reasons why. Yeah, and, always. um, what, what's your, what, when we talk about masculinity,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, what, what is masculinity?
3: Ooh, that's, that's a big a tough but, one. That's a, <laughs> okay. what's masculinity i well you know my honest answer in this moment is i I don't really know I mean I think that there are um I think we're taught what masculinity is and we're taught what femininity is, but I think that has many of us as human beings feel really boxed in so mm-hmm. you know masculinity I would say is a, a structure or a, a form that a segment of our population is taught, this is how I'm supposed to be. And that masculinity, you know, in, in our culture has been strong and um, you know, we don't cry. We don't show when something's going on that we're struggling with. You know, I think that's the masculinity that many men have been taught that has really caused, like you're saying, the men you work with to do whatever they're going to do, even though underneath, there's, there's a ton of vulnerability happening there.
2: Yeah, I can, I want to give you a scenario and just have you pick it apart a little bit, if you will. Okay. Um, Cause so I I work with betrayal and yeah. so, and mostly it's men who have betrayed their wives. Yeah. Um, so what happens is they get caught or it, it comes to light. And then a lot of times the men, the, the, the women kind of take on this role of, policing their, their husbands yeah. and the men go into this role of compliance and trying to be good enough and trying to do the right things all the time.
3: To make up for what happened.
2: To make up for what happened. So, so that's they'll, almost. yeah, they'll check in their phones at night or they'll do these check-ins where they talk about all the, you know, triggers they had throughout the day or whatever it is. Um, they'll try to be good enough that way. And it never creates... Uh, safety it never no. creates passion and intimacy it creates a breakdown in safety yeah because he's showing up so weak and just so right. right
3: yeah so like um what's the word i'm looking for questioned or just constantly you know that, that sense of being watched. And, and, then and then, trying to
2: prove himself.
3: Right, and then trying to prove himself, which that's one of the main things that I think, you know, as I work with men to support them to let go of needing to prove or defend themselves. I think any gender, but there's a, there's a specific way that it shows up with men. Um, but that's a different one, right? So when when you have betrayed or created a scenario that breaks trust, I can imagine there's much more of a need to, Prove yourself, and yet if it's coming from that place of like, no, really, I I am I, I'm good enough, or I'm this, or I'm that, or a place of losing touch with one's one's own, you know, clarity of desire or vision or integrity, then it gets really messy in there.
2: Well, listen to what you just said. So losing one's like vision of clarity and integrity. Mm-hmm. How can you ever build trust and safety in a relationship if you don't have integrity right if you don't have that um, yeah yet they think they're being good men by being completely compliant right in this scenario but I, I think that their masculinity is kind of not
3: compromised
2: compromised yeah
3: yeah well then to me it's like okay so now if I'm, I imagine being one of those men and you guys can of course speak to this too. It's like, then I'm trying to live up to someone else's expectation once again, which was probably a part of what created the scenario in the first place. Right. And so then without having that sense of, okay, I'm me over here and here's what I'm struggling with. And here's what I want for us. And here's where I'm scared, you know, and you're you over there and, and we're going to connect about all these things. Then it's like, I don't know. I feel frozen when I imagine trying to be that man. And when I imagine (laughs) trying to have a relationship, it's like I already can't win and I'm up against trying to prove something rather than here's what's really going on for me. Okay. So (laughs) go ahead, Kobe.
0: Well, I just wanted to like so much of this is speaking to me and I want, what I wanted to represent was the idea that, um, in, in, in my family of origin, my mom, um, five to 110 pounds red headed. Um, I was the second of seven kids, the oldest boy, and I was the favorite because I was really, really good at posing as, as what's already been mentioned. Yeah. But, um, Ashlyn's laughing hysterically, but she really saw it. But, <laughs> but, the, but the point was, is that as a young kid, I realized very quickly that, um, meeting expectations, and not making waves yeah. and not getting in trouble were three really paramount things that to be loved or to be yeah to be yeah, loved yeah. to have approval yeah. to feel validated and my mom was so she also kept kids with special needs in the house so she was like spread thin she was intentionally running um subconsciously running but like she she was running from her own stuff yeah. and she kept herself so busy that there wasn't it was like she wore the firefighter hat. And if there wasn't a fire, then you weren't getting much you way of attention. Get,
3: yes, yes. You know what
0: I mean? No, so no. so I began to um again learn yes. kind of the the street code of our house mm-hmm. by not getting in trouble, by trying to anticipate compliance in some capacity and, and, and then not making waves. And I honestly believe that looking back as a kid, like, Brandon, you talked about integrity a minute ago. I I had no concept of what that was. Right, and right. also, I've said this many times on the podcast, that I had no concept of, um, of like, honesty. I knew what honesty was, but, it like, life for me was never about being honest. It was about not getting in trouble. Right. Okay? And so, you like, I'm and just you looking – bring that back,
3: fast forward into your – Exactly.
0: Like, exactly in that. And I – was was very very good at um, I was very good at creating expectations living a poser's life if you will yeah. but i really honestly didn't know who i was and and honestly, I can tell you this as far as integrity is concerned even in my even in my early to mid twenties I thought that was just some um ancient Mm -hmm. characteristic that Stephen covey talked about in one of his books and i was like oh yeah i think old guys have that that's in that book somewhere i think but i've got really no concept of what that is because i didn't know who i was so i really lived my life based on trying to please the people who are around me and it turns out i really sucked at that
3: well in a way thank god you sucked at that right because then otherwise it's like the way i see it is you're living somebody else's life in that so you know it's it's ultimately painful when that falls apart obviously but yeah. then you actually I mean, get to it know was who you are.
0: it was painful not just for me but it was also painful for ashlyn for everybody, so, here, so yeah. here's the question here's the question on that shana is what is the what is what are one of the hardest concept of, concepts of masculinity for a guy like myself to really grasp and own when i had real no identity of my own yeah, and all of a sudden I'm supposed to be masculine. What's what are the what are the challenges there? But what are the? Let's just start, start first with what are the challenges there with with someone like me really owning it?
3: Yeah, well, and and what even is it, right? Because like masculinity, right? Like, right. If I'm supposed to be this version of masculinity that I'm taught is what is a man, then it's still a layer away from who I am actually, right? So. I mean, when I work with men, it's really getting back to like, well, what, what do you want? What matters to you? You know, what, what do you value? Um, Who's important to you? And how do you want to treat that person? And how do you want to be treated? And, you know, really finding a man's sense of who he is and what he wants, as opposed to this cultural norm of this is the overlay, this is who you're supposed to be, because it's, you know, that's, that's what sounds like you grew up with.
0: Yeah. That's like all those things. It's like, no, 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 no. Like what you just said and like questions that you posted, to guys. When I hear that, I just say, no, 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 no. Just tell me what I got to do. Right. Right. It's like and I'm- that's
3: where I'm like, nope, I'm not going to tell you. Like my dad often says, you know, what kind of advice do you give to men? And I'm like, I don't give advice to men. I help men or humans or whatever, you know, figure out what's true for you. What, you know, I believe that whatever you desire is actually good it doesn't, you know, some of it's going to stay in the realm of fantasy. Some of it's going to stay in the realm of reality. And, and some people who you meet are going to, you know, jive with or have similar desires and other people, it's not going to be a fit. But I don't think that it's innately bad, you know, to, to actually know what you want.
2: So Shana, I love what you're saying. Um, so let me kind of see if I can formulate this a little bit. Uh, being a man is not having big muscles and driving a big truck and not being emotional and whatever. Um, But masculinity actually has everything to do with your ability to be confident in who you are and, and own, own who you are. And not when I say confident, I don't mean arrogant. I don't mean, but like really confident and understanding of who You are and be willing to kind of share that and put that out there to the world. Is that?
3: I mean, that's interesting. I I look at confidence as more of an ability to kind of roll with whatever shows up than a sense of like, uh, you know, in a sense of like, I've got this and I trust myself more than I'm supposed to show that I've got it. That makes sense.
2: Wait, say that again.
3: Like I trust myself that whatever is going to show up, I can navigate, you know, I can stay connected or I can, um, I can work through this in a way that, that matches with my own integrity. Right. So we're going back to integrity versus like the confidence of I'm supposed to look like I've got it together. I can handle anything. You know, I am, I am all powerful and and i would
2: definitely say the first one is what i'm talking about when what the the true essence of masculinity yeah. is the first one not in any way faking it faking that i'm yeah. i got it all together um,
3: yeah right? i guess it's funny it's like as you guys are talking i'm like do i even know what masculinity is i mean when i think about masculinity <laughs> it's like i think of this kind of strength but not a strength that's again proving or defending but more of that that belief in oneself or trust in oneself and you know i think about the protector archetype yeah um, or like the kingly archetype and someone who um sees good and wants good for all or someone who's out to take care of or provide in certain ways i think that's the masculine archetype yes um
1: Okay, so I love that, and it sound it like fits recovery work in my opinion. when I hear you describe that man I'm like, yeah, that's what I start to see in men who are really working to make change so yes. that's cool yeah
2: it's,
1: it's a good alignment. Um, I have a question for you yeah. um, coming from the betrayed side yeah. um, who are a lot of our listeners who may or may not want to listen to this episode, um, I know that we have some Pre, you know we have our own narratives about what masculinity looks like in a man. Yep. so is there like some common myths or um what we kind of go into it thinking, and then wait that's not what masculinity is,
3: yeah type of thing I mean I think the common myth is that men um are more distant or that they you know they want to have power over they want to dominate um, They, they aren't emotionally available, you know, they aren't able to connect. Um, And, and what I've found over the years, and I just, I have so much compassion. I've never had a kind of huge betrayal like that. I've had many betrayals, I think, because we all have, you know. Um, But what I've found over the years is that with all of the men who I've worked with, there is this uh, when there's a betrayal or when there's a pain created, there's, there's a hurt that it comes from. And I remember the day in the authentic man program when they were like, well, we're going to have a bunch of guys from the pickup community come. And I was like, Oh no, I, I, I can't, I can't like, I can't stomach that. That just, you know, makes my stomach turn. And then they came in and they sat across from us. And I, I just remember like breaking out in tears as I heard each of them talk about, why they joined the pickup world and that, you know, the option was either like, well, we can learn to pick up women or we can go to therapy. And if we don't, you know, if we don't learn to pick up women, then we're going to be alone. And it's just not working. Like, I just really started to see that underneath everybody's facades and masks, we're all, we're all struggling with something. And so, you know, I have so much compassion for anyone who's been betrayed and abused and all of that. And I'm not I don't make that right, but I have seen that when I uh, just when I get in there with men, you know, there's there's tons of vulnerability underneath the surface, and um, and a not being guided often. I think Kobe, you talked about that too. It's like, you know, a lack of guidance of of how to treat people or how to connect and how to ask the questions that have people feel understood and you know, all of that has, has been relatively missing in most of our lives. I remember my sex education, the woman was like, well, I can't remember what her name was, but she was this older woman who wore tons of weird makeup. And I remember her just saying like, um, you know, have a great weekend and use a condom. It was like, she, th- there was no sense of how we're supposed to treat each other or why we would even want to be intimate. And so I just have a lot of compassion for the fact that most of us didn't get much education.
0: So um Shana, what are some cult t- t- speaking of that right I- i'm just kind of picking up on this like what are some cultural stigmas or norms that have subverted masculinity
3: cultural stigmas or nor- that have subverted more of the healthy masculinity
0: yes sorry masculinity in, in 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 the healthy in the healthy frame
3: yeah i mean i think it's just the the most common i think that most of us are aware of the you know the the sports teams and that sense of like, you know, go do it till you die. Or I don't know, there's like all those sayings of man up and, you know, crying is for pussies and wimps and like all of that stuff. It just, it's so horrible what it, what it seems like. Again, I'm not a man, so you guys can speak to this more too, but what it seems like it's done to all of the men I've worked with and that that vulnerability is then not, you know, Safe to actually show because I'm going to be rejected for it.
2: I think that we're supposed to be strong, and so so instead of um, being vulnerable, we we pose, we yeah. we put on this facade to act. Yeah, strong. Got it all together. Yeah, and and in reality, uh, real strength comes through being able to be vulnerable yes. and authentic. Totally. And so, yeah, I see that all day long with the the men that I work with.
3: Yeah. And I think, I don't know why this is coming up in this moment, but so if you guys can take it in a different direction if you want to, but I think there's also because of that, maybe this is why it's here because of that sense of like, I've got to have it all together. What I've seen is that a lot of the men I've worked with miss being able to really attune to their partners and actually have a sense of like, oh, there's a subtle shift that just happened in her energy. Not that I need to fix it or not that I need to, like if I was a good man, I would, you know, do something in this moment. But if I'm going to stay connected with my partner, I've got to be able to like see the weather as it passes and, you know, be in the moment with each other and communicate about that. And when there's a sense of like, I got to have it all together and I've got to be strong, um, then there's no feeling one's own emotions and sensations in the body and then no ability to actually feel what's happening in another person.
2: Oh my gosh. You just described like why so many couples that I work with, um, don't, don't have intimacy and connection. It's that they're triggered into their own shame and they're defending and they're trying to act strong enough rather than being there with their partner and having compassion and connection with them. So yes, all the time.
3: Yeah. And I'm just seeing recently, even in my own partnership, I've had a couple experiences, you know, being in quarantine where my partner and I don't live together. We live about an hour and apart. And so we've been trying to figure out like, are we going to see each other? Or are we not? Is that putting our families in danger? And, um, you know, we actually finally saw each other yesterday and touched each other like for the first time in six weeks or something. And I was, I started to cry. I was like, I feel terrified. I don't even know if I can let go right now. Like I'm, I'm, supposed to be strong and i'm supposed to hold it together and if i let go with you i don't know if i'm going to be able to put it all back together and it was like it wasn't until i started to cry and felt that vulnerability that i actually felt my love for him mm-hmm. like i knew i loved him but i didn't feel it and i just started feeling into how many men have told me like i don't know i think i love her but but it's not coming from that feeling place and i think if we're not actually touching into the the tenderness and the vulnerability, we're not feeling anything. And so we're not feeling love. We're not feeling each other.
2: But if in that moment you're vulnerable and you're emotional and it triggers his shame and he's got to like worry about him, that it ruins that connection. But while you're being vulnerable and then, and he can just be there with you, it creates that bond. It creates that connection. Yeah. So yeah, that, that
0: whole connection between, masculinity and and sensitivity without without um i'll speak just historically for myself like i'm a historically just like a really rad and innate fixer wait say that again i'm I'm a really rad and and yeah fixer. yeah yeah that's because and, and brandon explained this to me very aptly early in the podcast that that it was all a selfish thing because my tolerance for discomfort was like this
3: Uh huh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and Ashlyn's you know giggling rightly so but um the the balance the balance of of number one um being sensitive enough to not fix and number two being resilient to my shame enough being shame resilient enough yes. to not sink in my uh, sink or drown
2: yeah.
0: in my own shame so that I can focus on my partner those are two things that just totally overtook me and ashlyn i want you to correct me if i'm wrong on this but but i was totally inept when it came to being there for you not to not fix but also just to just to be there and be unwavering for you um because i would drown in my own shame is that is that a fair statement from your perspective ashlyn
1: yes and it did go both ways i would say (laughs) it wasn't just Kobe; i was struggling in my own stuff but for sure and Kobe is a very sensitive man compared to most you know he cries on the podcast far more than i ever do um, and so it was strange to see someone who was so sensitive but not be sensitive in terms of me and our yes. relationship that makes sense.
3: right so. and that proving one of my favorite books is undefended love and it's right this whole idea of like what if we weren't actually defending ourselves or what are we trying to prove and you know, I was thinking, as you just said, about Kobe being sensitive. It's like, I think the the men I see who have the strongest masks or facades tend to be the ones who actually have been the most sensitive. And so it's, you know, hard to contain that. And then we have to build these stronger walls because if it comes out, then I'm not going to be manly. And so that whole layered um, experience seems to happen.
0: Yeah, that, uh, I totally resonate with that. Um, I, I want to throw one other thing out here that was a, a really big obstacle to me being in um, like not being masculine. Um, and that was being in um, victim mode,
3: uh-huh.
0: right? I, w- I would drown in my own shame. Think about how horrible I was. Um, you know, I'm not loved. I'm unwanted. I'm not worthy. And this is, you know, this has nothing to do with Ashlyn. This is all my stuff. Yeah. But victim mode, um, Brendan, I know that you see this loads is, is like a huge thief of masculinity because all of a sudden you see this, Ashley will just see this big blob of Kobe on the floor, just in a puddle in a pile, probably oftentimes smelling and stinking. But, um, what would you say to that statement, Shana, about victim mode, stifling masculinity?
3: yeah well, and then there's a difference between like are are you in a puddle because you're actually feeling something but not having the tools to know how to kind of feel it all the way through, or is the puddle because of the feeling the shame um, yes, yes, all of it. I mean one of the things I would say is you know i when I work with men, we do some role plays where I'm not pretending to be someone like i'm 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 myself and I'm acting like me, but we're, we're working with, you know, what he says that has created shame or what he says that has, he's been rejected for. And I'm giving my real time experience. And part of that is because I see that those conversations can be so challenging to have that if you've never had one of those conversations in a in a genuine way to then go to your partner and try to bring it up. It's like, it's like sending someone to the Olympics, you know, who's like just getting kindergarten education or something like that. So um, I don't know exactly what to say. I mean, the the victim mode, one of the things I also try to do is really empower my clients to see like, what was my role in this? Because even if you are letting someone attack you, or even if, if you're being... A, a, I want to make a disclaimer, like I'm not saying in the largest forms of abuse and where there's a huge power dynamic and, but you know, if someone's yelling at you and you're not saying, stop, I can't do this. I don't like this right now. This is outside of like, there's financial dynamics and there's reasons that we need to stay with partners at times. But in these smaller situations of someone, you know, of a client who was like, what, how do I get my wife to stop yelling at me? And I'm like, well, have you ever told her that you don't like it? Or have you ever said, I, I can't be here for this conversation anymore, you know? So it, it happens both ways, gender, you know, whatever the genders. Um, but the empowerment piece and the not playing a victim is really important to actually see. Like the only, I think the only place we have power is to look at what is my role in this and how am I co-creating this situation? Otherwise, I'm not free or empowered.
0: And and Brandon, speak to this if you will. Um, what's the typical response you see from the betrayed when the when the addict or the indulgent says, "Okay, actually, this isn't working for me. I want to stop the energy here, the flow." What what do you typically see?
2: Well, so it's interesting because, I, like, I'll give you an example. I was talking to a friend last week, and he he's very very much played the victim with his wife for years and years and years, and um she's ready to leave him and
3: how has he played the victim
2: um she'll have certain requests of him um and like don't travel for work or and so he won't travel for work and then blame her and wallow and um so he'd comply and comply and then resent and resent yeah um and now he's kind of getting to this other place he's swinging the pendulum to you know what screw you doing yeah just doing what i want to do and, which, which isn't strength either, right. and and I was trying to show him like, look, show up in your truth, like figure out what your truth is, and 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 I feel like he's getting there, but mm-hmm. she's—they've been married for twenty years. Right, That's he's used to
3: water under the bridge.
2: Yeah, she's used to the yes man, the complier. That so it's uncomfortable for her. Yes. She, she likes it. She yes. she likes that he's being more honest with her. Yeah. And she also is kind of terrified of it at the same time. Totally. I could right. totally
3: see that. Because then what it kind of demands of her is a more of a letting go or um, there there's a softer side that comes out when he steps into more of his strength and that Which can is be scary really terrifying.
2: Just scary but but right there is where where real amazing intimacy lies, totally. right? where the polarity of masculine and feminine femininity come together yeah. and it's what we all want. But it, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like to have it like, well, we all want the same thing or we all want that same dynamic, right. but you know, I think there are, and, and sometimes we want it to go back and forth. I think Ashlyn, one of the things you were talking about before we started was, you know, what I've seen in men or the the shifts that have happened. Um And and that are vulnerable. And one of the men I was thinking of is a man who used to think like, I have to lead all the time and I have to be strong because that's what men do. And to actually realize that he could surrender to his partner, you know, whether it's sexually or whether it's just, you know, an in intimacy or parts of their lives where he could actually let go and relax and be held and supported. You know, that's something that I, I do not see many men feel good about. And I think it it robs you guys of, um, you know, knowing that somebody has your back and that you can be in that role just as much as you can be in the, the leadership role. I think for women, women haven't seen men do that a lot. And so I think women get scared. Well, if I am holding my man, he's vulnerable with me. He might never, you know, lead or generate again. And what I've seen is the opposite, actually.
2: Interesting. Thank you.
3: It's I'm I'm sitting here thinking, okay, for the
1: once betrayed who maybe have some thoughts in their head. Okay, the men have been cheaters. They've been unfaithful. They're selfish. They're jerks. There are all these things that I think it almost like the the lines get so blurred of what masculinity can look like that it. My guess is for those listening who might have some of those feelings, might it might sound really scary to say. Hey, step into your masculinity, because it could feel like a lot of maybe what's already happened.
3: They right. cheated on
1: me because yes. they did this, you know, so how do you, how do you change and shift that to see what the good that can come that you guys were just talking about?
3: That's such a beautiful question and I think that's part of why as you guys have been asking me about masculinity I'm like I don't know It's like it's a it's a <laughs> ticking time bomb right because it's like oh do I say to a man hey I want you to step into more of your masculinity or do I say you know I want to know you and I want to know what matters to you I want to know what you feel good about about yourself I want to know what you want like let's get to know each other beyond these ideas of what's masculine and what's feminine. And, you know, and ultimately I want to know what you were needing such that you betrayed or what wasn't, you know, what wasn't here in our relationship. Like that, I think, I think it's the hardest thing to do is to really hear from the person who's caused pain. And, you know, some of us maybe aren't ready to go there. And I think that's okay too. But when we do just start to get in there and understand like, okay, who are you really? What are you wanting? To me, that matters way more than, you know, I want you to step into your masculine or it's more effective, I guess, than I want you to step into your masculine or some idea that I have of who we should each be.
2: Shayna,
0: love are you love that. Shayna, are you saying that if I'm trying to, I'm really just trying to understand you. Are you saying that rather than trying to focus on some point on the map, that that's you know masculinityville i i just need to focus on being the authentic me version of you
3: yeah and And what would that be like what would that be like right to let go of like oh we have these categorizations of masculine my mind is kind of like dissolving in this moment too it's like what if you could just be you and be loved for who you are and there's going to be some strength in there and there's going to be some, you know, wounds and trying to figure yourself out. But what if it didn't have to be based in some idea of who you're supposed to be?
2: Can I go back to like the kind of what you're saying, Shana, and, and mix it with Ashton's question, which is, you know, if, if somebody goes out and they cheat on their spouse mm-hmm. um, or they indulge in, in whatever to escape life. Um, you know, and you're saying, well, that, that could be scary for the betrayed because, you know, to be masculine means they're just going to go like cheat some more. Right? right. Um, where, what I'm hearing you say, Shana is what, why not step into your vulnerability and your power instead of kind of go off and get your needs met in a roundabout way, right. learn how to step into who you are and ask for your needs to be met and be right. more honest. And-
3: but if you're asking for like, Hey, I, I would love for you to be stronger. And then we could have a conversation. Okay. Well, what does that look like? Cause I don't want my strength to have to, um, you know, be this one dimensional thing. Right. So, but, right. But, yeah, but if we're yeah. asking for what we need, I think that goes a lot farther than some ideas and concepts.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, and it's interesting because I think of so many
1: who are in my my, place of the once betrayed and it's like here's what I need from you and they're gonna give you this laundry list of do these things and yeah. and the man saying okay and just they're not being their authentic self because right. maybe they don't agree to any of those things right yeah. and yeah. I think some of the best conversations Kobe and I have had over the years are with his dumb little saying that he says with say more. Say more like yeah. I want to hear more about whatever this is and yeah. why and it turns into, oh my gosh, like I had no idea
3: that's where your head was at. Yes. Right. That true intimacy. And I think that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know you for real, all of you. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where we understand our partners. And I think that's where a relationship actually feels intimate, like you were saying before and, and fulfilling as opposed to like, oh, we're kind of separate beings here, you know, not really. I think all these rules and. Yeah. Right. And that, right. If, if we replace the rules with that sense of, okay, we're going to get to know each other. And what if we're on the same team here that I want you to be happy and you want me to be happy. And what would that take? And if there's something that it would take for you to be happy that I have a really hard time with, or I don't want, then let's talk about that because oftentimes there's something deeper underneath that surface desire that can actually be create co-created together rather than, you know, I remember a client who was like, I want my wife to wear lingerie more. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's understand that. Cause maybe it's just lingerie, but maybe it's that there's, you're wanting some adventure. Maybe you're wanting this feeling of how it used to feel when you felt younger and more virile, or maybe, you know, there's, there's, there's so many different things that go on under the surface. And I think many couples don't actually get down to that level.
2: Toby, your, your saying is not dumb. (laughs) <laughs> it's a great little no story.
3: it's just I'm it's just so kidding. simple so simple. 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 don't do it <laughs> yes. it's I so could dumb. tell you didn't mean that it was dumb yeah,
2: yeah I'm
0: just
3: kidding <laughs> no we yep. use it all the time
0: it's <laughs> like legit legit a go-to and um, I, I think that you know that's that's an example of a just a really easy can statement that might sound that might sound canned that might sound trite rehearsed but it it has opened up doors so much like Ashlyn's talked about in in so many really, really important ways. Um, So really if we're talking about like shifts that people make or, or things that people can do on a daily basis to um, accept who they, to be their authentic self, right? Mm -hmm. If we let go of femininity and masculinity, if we just say, okay, let's just move those to the side. Really what we're talking about here, if I'm hearing you is how does each person, like start their day and have a few very simple things to be their most authentic self, what would some advice that you, what what would advice would you have?
3: Mm. I like, I like getting in touch with each day, you know, what matters most to me today. And even asking that question a couple of times, like, all right, you know, and what else kind of like you're saying, say more or what else, but asking that question of ourselves You know, and if there was something more important to me than that, what would it be? Okay, if there was something even more important. Just that sense of, because you could say, my first thought was knowing what you want. But I think if we really get into the deeper layers of knowing what you want, it's based in what matters to me and what's what's important to me. So, um, you know, I like the idea of people having a time that they either meditate or journal or sit by themselves to really stay connected with that every day. Because a lot of, a lot of clients who've come to me over the years when I say, well, what do you really want? It's like, I don't know. Or I think I might want this or, you know, and there's, there's so many expectations we're trying to live up to that that's one of those ones. that's really simple on the one hand, but so complex on the other.
0: And is there, is there some, I'm, I'm probably corona crying right now or just feeling the swellings yeah. of that. Come on. But I um, I really feel the frustration and I can connect to it. I mm. really just not knowing. Yeah. Just not knowing yeah. what is it that I want and who am I? Yeah. Really, I can connect to that and I, and I know more now than who I was when Ashton and I got married 20 years ago. Yeah. But I still struggle with with um, in some sense knowing who that is. Yeah. So I guess um, if I'm to ask this other question, um, Shana, um to to what's most important to me, um could it could it be like what's most important to me as an individual, what's most important to me as a partner, what's most important to me as a professional, yeah, what's most totally. important I mean, it could to me be. as a corona survivor, like what
3: yeah, on all those levels, right? I mean, and depending where you want to focus that day. And I am i mean, I just appreciate the, the vulnerability of... Um, so hard. Yeah, of that not knowing. And how could you, right? How could you if the way your family was wasn't really set up for you to actually know deeply, this is who I am and this is what I want and this is what matters to me. And so there is a, a finding it, which can be exhilarating and also terrifying. And the other question that came up for me was like, well, what would I want if I wasn't trying to do this for others? What would I want if I wasn't taking care of others' feelings? Not that you shouldn't take care of Ashlyn's feelings on the one hand as a partner, but I think it's also important that we know, you know, everyone else aside, because I relate to like, I've disappeared my desires because in my family system, it was just way easier if I didn't have any, you know, so everyone else aside, what would I really want? And then I can start to consider. Okay, now there are other people in my life, so here's how I'm going to navigate or collaborate.
0: And doing that while, Brennan, like you talked about, not going to a place of um, independence where it's like, well, forget you. I'm going to go over and do this. It's like right. having to balance, um, you know, independence and and interdependence and. Yeah if we're speaking, you know, Melody Beatty language um, so that, that way we're not throwing it in the face of our partners, which mm-hmm. I've totally done. This is me. So just right. take it. And-
3: take it or leave it. Right, yeah. That kind exactly. of, that's also that exactly. defensive posture. We can defend on either mm-hmm. side.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, man, this has just been really thought provoking for me. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I mean, I've said this many, many times recovery is very, Recovery has been multidimensional for me, but I think what has been right there with recovery is discovery yeah. of self. And yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a crazy place. So, Shannon, you've been um, really insightful. You've been um, very thought-provoking in all of this journey. There's loads more to this. Where can people find you? And you know, where do you live and show up on social media and yeah. what what do you how can they not only find you but but what do you offer
3: yeah good question so i mean you can find me in a bunch of places i'm on facebook as uh it's facebook.com slash true success for men my website is shana james um i did a ted talk recently that was what a thousand men's tears reveal about the crisis between men and women um and yeah i i do coaching and group programs and, you know, really support men, mostly men these days. I work with women as well, but, you know, mostly I'm working with men who want, either are single and want to be in a relationship. And for some reason it's not working, even though often there's a lot of success in other areas of their lives or men who are in relationships. And for some reason, you know, the spark has faded or they're just feeling, you know, like, Unsure of why? Why am I even doing this anymore? That that sense of oh, we're just roommates rather than partners, or I, you know, I chose this twenty years ago, but I'm I'm kind of just floating along in it now. So anywhere where there's relationship struggles, um, and that tends to lead. We also end up working with career and leadership and all of that. But usually, men come to me for relationships first.
0: And how would you advocate to a partner? um, who is, who is trying to be convinced, Hey, listen, I want to go take this, this, this course, or I want to work this with this through. woman. <laughs> this exactly, <other> woman. <laughs> exactly. On masculinity. What would your advice? What, how, what would you share with them? Why?
3: Well, I'd probably send them to my website so they can see that, you know, I am an ally for both men and women, but I would say also that I want to learn to love better. You know, I want to learn to be in relationship better and um Shana gives me you know helps me practice and helps me understand myself so that i can actually come to you with more of a sense of who i am and how we can collaborate and be on the same team together instead of whatever patterns i've been patterns and habits i've been bringing that have kept us more distant
0: love it love it well um really appreciate you just being a part of this mm-hmm. um Ashley, any other thoughts you wanted to touch
2: on? Just wanted to say thank you, Shana. I really appreciate you coming on, and um, I, I'm really interested to just go consume your podcast. So I'll, I'll subscribe today and <laughs> start you. listening. So
3: thank you. Yeah, I feel really grateful for you guys, and I I, I love the um, the combination of all three of you. You know, the expert and the betrayed, and are you Kobe? The was it the addicted?
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I like to add a caveat to that as, what do we call it? The once? once <laughs> the once
3: addicted. The yeah. once addicted. Yeah. I appreciate the vulnerability of, of all of the positions and how you're all very willing to be human and share about your own experience as well as, um, you know, who you're standing for in a way. So yeah. thank you for that.
0: Thank
2: you. Welcome.
0: Guys, um, thanks for being here. We have loved having you be part of this. So, If you haven't yet, jump over, leave us a review, rate us, love to have that. And we will post Shana's information in the show notes. You can find her there. I just appreciate you guys being here. Again, remember, stay safe, stay quarantined to whatever degree that's required of you wherever you are and um, be healthy. Thanks, guys.
3: Thank you.